morning. Good morning, Robbie Davis. I have you officially recorded. Ah, hello. <laughs> you are listening to solopiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. I'm Matthew Mayer of solopiano.com. Today, we're going solo with piano artist Robbie Davis on his newest album, Blue Skies Ahead. And have you ever wanted to start a creative project but didn't know how to do it? Maybe that book you wanted to write or musical album you wanted to record? If so, this episode is for you. Thanks for listening, and remember to visit us at www.solopiano.com. Can you hear me all right? I got you great, man. How about here? Perfect. Anyway, Robbie, th- <laughs> thanks so much for taking your Saturday morning to talk with us. I know you are busy in releasing your newest album, um, Blue Skies Ahead. Can you tell us how specifically this album came about? Uh, sure. Thank you. First off, thank you, Matt, for having me here on the podcast. And yeah, this this album, Blue Skies Ahead, is one that quite literally, there are tracks on this album that have been composed over the course of the last 10 years. Wow. And so I look back on my time. I live in South Carolina. We'll start there. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. So there are tracks on the album that I recorded while I was here in Greenville, but then from 2004, 2005, when I lived at the coast in Charleston. So it's a mix of a lot of different times in my life, all kind of put together into a package of songs that I picked from here and there. Which song is is one of your favorites? And uh, give us a little bit of background on it. Yeah, let me tell you about what I feel is one of the more unique songs on the new album. Uh, Even the song, the title is different. It's listed actually on the album as Hand in Hand, but there's always been a subtitle. And the subtitle is on the digital release, and that is Ice Skating for Two. So put together, hand in hand, ice skating for two. Here, this is a funny one. I Sometimes songs turn together quickly for me. Sometimes I will have part of a song written, and I'll put it on a voice memo on my phone, and then a year later I'll come up with, you know, maybe the verse and the bridge, and I have the chorus idea from the year before. So there's a variety of different writing processes that I actively partake in. Sometimes they happen to me. This particular instance, it happened to me. I was getting ready for work in the morning. This was, wow, we're we're talking like 2009, probably. This was before I released an album. So you think this song was written before I released my first album, but yet it wasn't right to include until this album. That's like a whole other story. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready for work. And like I said, this is an anomaly creation period for me, but it happened. I assure you it happened because it's now on the album. I, I start, you know, sometimes we daydream and you might just picture something in your head. It, it, it happens to all of us. Well, this time it was like a little movie playing in my head. And here's what I saw. I saw it in black and white an overhead shot going over a few trees to a frozen pond. I think it was snowing a little bit. And I saw a a little girl ice skating on this frozen pond. Hmm. And then I saw a little boy come up on the ice and approach her and they had not met before. Again, this is crazy. I was getting ready for work and all this just started happening in my head. And I'm like, so I kind of paused and I'm like, all right, what is this? I like it. So I, I let the daydream continue. And the little boy comes up and he starts to approach her. And 
they try to get each other's attention, and then they do, and they start skating together. Well, as I'm picturing this in my head, I start hearing this music in my head. The, the exact song that I recorded is what started playing in my head. I never heard it before. I didn't even sit down at the piano to start writing it. It just started happening. Wow. So I put everything on pause. I went into work late three hours that day because I had to stop. <laughs> I'm like, I think all creators get this. Sometimes we have just a flash of inspiration, and if we don't act on it, then it's gone. At least that happens for me. A lot of times it is work. I sit down, and you know, there's some arduous tasks to get things out. But in this time, boom, it was there like a bolt of lightning. And I said, okay, I need to take the time to sit down and work this out. If I do not record it, it will be gone in an hour. So I sat down to record it and just sort of working through. So in the song, the right hand is always the girl. You hear her skating around, and then you'll hear the left hand come in, and it approaches the right hand that moves up from left to right, and it's like a physical closeness of the boy approaching the girl. And then you hear her stop, and you hear him skate around, and you hear the boy stop, you hear the left hand stop, and the right hand moves around. Then you hear the right hand and the left hand start to move together. And I just picture them skating around. And it happens a few times. And then in the end, you hear one just skate off into the distance. And it was like a chance encounter on a frozen pond out in the open. And that is hand in hand ice skating for two. I have no other story like that, but this did happen. <laughs> that is cool. It's, was this was this before the cup of coffee or after the cup of coffee is what I want to know. You are listening to solopiano.com's official podcast going solo. Visit us at www.solopiano.com. You've released, is it four albums already? A Hymn of Our Fathers? Uh, yeah, Hymns of Our Fathers, uh, A Love So Divine, and now Blue Skies Ahead. I released a digital single in the middle, so there are four album covers in the discography, but three full-length albums. And it seems like you are just taking off. You release that first album, and then boom, boom, boom. Is it is your creative process, do you feel, just, just flowing right now? Are you in a certain stage of life where this music is just coming to you? Or how are all these projects coming together so fast for you? What a great question. It's wonderful to hear way you phrased that question, because let's say we are at a concert, and we see somebody performing incredibly well. And we think, man, they just, everything is flowing and working so well and so easily. How lucky it must be to be them. To answer your question, Matt, there was a time in the last year and a half where I felt like I couldn't write anything. I felt like my creativity was stifled. I probably went eight, nine months without writing a new song. Wow. And it was frustrating. It really was. But I knew, this is where I started. This is where I've been. This is where I am. This is where I want to be. Let's keep working toward where I want to be. So once I decided, hey, this next album is going to happen, I think maybe two things happened. One, the creativity started flowing, but part of that was because I 
sat down at the piano every day. You took action. And I gave, I, oh, I, got, I took action and I gave the creativity time to come in. If I'm always busy doing something else, I'm not giving a lot of time to just being open to, to new music and ideas happening. Oh, who was it? There was an author who said that they would sit down every morning at 7 a.m. and without fail, the creativity would meet them there. But if they didn't sit down, nothing was going to happen. They went to work, quote unquote, and because they were consistent with their ritual of writing, they would always have something to write. But if they didn't, nothing would happen. I love the term you use, consistency. That creativity not flowing, you're still taking action through that. Even when you don't feel it, you still have to take the action to make it happen. When, when you're talking about, I am not feeling it, it's been eight months and I can't write a thing. <laughs> for anything beautiful to produce, for anything to come together, it takes work and it takes consistency. And I just really appreciate you uh, calling out that word. You are listening to solopiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. Visit us at www.solopiano.com. So, Robbie, one of your songs is called Chasing Stars. So much of your writing is is forward-looking, encouraging the listener to have faith. I mean, the stories you're talking about, faith and looking forward and doing the work to get there. Can you tell us a little bit about the story behind that song, Chasing Stars? Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, Chasing Stars is the opening track on Blue Skies Ahead. And my brother, I have a younger brother, his name is Stuart, and he lives up in New York City. And my brother and I will bounce ideas off each other. He is my creative sounding board. And so I sent him the song and Chasing Stars, and he, he wrote me back. He goes, man, what, what's happening here? Are you like the paparazzi? Are you cruising around Hollywood, you know, going after <laughs> actors and actresses? And he's like, man, you might need to think about the title. And I'm like, ah. You know, I was a little discouraged. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll think about the title. You're like, thanks, brother. Yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah, I was like, man, that's not what I was looking for. Man, where's the rubber stamp of the group? Come on. Right. But like any great creative sounding board, he comes back with honesty. And that's what I need. So I thought about it, and I sat on it for a week or so. And during that time, it's kind of when the whole cohesiveness of Blue Guys Ahead, the album, came together. And it began to take on more of a nautical theme, whereas there are tracks Regatta and Breakers and Seaside Carousel. And side note, Regatta and Breakers were both written back in, we'll call it 2004 or 2005, mm. when I was living at the coast and I was by the ocean across from the marina. But I didn't have an album where I felt like they fit. And maybe, maybe I have an older thought process about albums but i still feel like an entire album should be cohesive from start to finish it should have a flow it should go somewhere it should be about something so when i was thinking about how does chasing stars fit into this i started picturing again this is kind of mental imagery there's nothing special about it it's just me either sitting or sometimes i'm walking or hiking and i just think about i think about things in this case i was thinking about this song and I pictured uh, a boat, a sailing vessel, maybe 1700s, 1800s, you know, wind power with sails going across the ocean at night. And I pictured them using stars for navigation, and they were chasing stars, but they were going at night, they were going, you know, full sail, 
they knew where they wanted to go and they had to follow follow the guide point and just kind of go along the way so now when i sit down and hear it if i close my eyes i still kind of picture this sailing vessel just going over waves but they know where they're going just chasing stars Listening to solopiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. Visit us at www.solopiano.com. What are some of the things that you are doing to reach the mainstream for your specific genre of solo piano music? You know, uh, as an independent artist, as you know, Matt, a lot of this is word of mouth. It is a grassroots campaign from the very beginning because there's not a huge budget for marketing. There's not a label pushing you and major promoters booking you and then spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get fans to the venue. A big exposure for me has been on Pandora and Pandora. If you're listening to this podcast, I'd like to say thank you right here, right now. Um, Pandora has really opened up my listenership and they give me the insights so I can look and see where my plays are coming from. And Matt, it's really cool to see that even though I live in South Carolina, I would say that my top two geographical locations are in Los Angeles and New York City. For an artist that is based in the Southeast to have such a, a big listenership in California, one, it's encouraging. Right. Like, okay, well, I haven't even played a concert in California. <laughs> I will. I do hope to. But the fact that I haven't even physically played one there and it's already generating buzz and listenership is kind of fantastic. You know, there always seems to be this tug of war between the distribution channel that you have now, right? So you mentioned you're in South Carolina. You're not, you haven't performed a show in California. However, your your listener base is heavily in California. What's your recommendation for artists that say, hey, I know that I'm getting great exposure, but the fact is I'm just not bringing in the money that I need? What kind of frame of mind should an artist be in when they're faced with that, especially starting out in this field? That is a great, great question. Um, I would answer that in probably a couple of parts. The first part being the law of large numbers and I studied music and business when I was in college, and I kept a little bit of the classes in my head, not a whole lot, but one of the ones from economics was a law of large numbers. Musicians from the 80s, 90s, 2000s were making tons of money coming in from album sales and live venue concerts, and then when the digital model started taking over and it was downloads, eh, they were complaining a little bit, but it worked out. But really, even in the last three years, I've seen a dip in digital sales and physical sales, but an increase in digital streams, digital radio, and then actual streaming. And it's true that there is a little bit less money in streaming, but I would, I would say this, it's, you really have to continue to 
get your name out there and get your music out there. So I would say to the artists just starting out, do not be discouraged. Everybody starts from point zero, standing still, looking out, thinking, okay, I have this crazy idea. I have this crazy dream. Everybody starts at point zero with a dream, taking that first step. And then honestly, probably steps two and three are even more difficult than one because you can get discouraged. You could be discouraged in your own head. You could get discouragement from people around you. But just keep going, keep walking. The second point is play as much as you can. Play out, play live. If if you're not getting paid to do it, that's okay. Go out and just, one, you get better every time you play. And two, somebody learns your music that didn't know your music before. So I was looking back through my calendar last week, and I think it was 2011. I felt like I wanted to play 100 shows or 100 times out. And that was daunting because I wasn't getting booked every week to play concerts. I, I had just released my first album. But I looked back at my calendar, and by the end of December, I had hit 101 times that I'd played out. Wow. I'll be honest, the majority of those did not pay. One of those was I went to play at uh, the Gibbs Cancer Center, where patients would go in for cancer treatment, just to try and create a calm and a peace. So, you know, add that a few times a month, and the numbers just started adding up. You're listening to SoloPiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. Visit us at www.solopiano.com. How did you approach releasing your very first album, A Love So Divine? I'm laughing as I answer this, but the short version is a whole lot of Google. (laughs) Let me unpack that now. Okay, here it is. I've been working full-time after college. I've been working in hospitality, uh, tourism management, and at the time, I was working in healthcare marketing. And I really felt like the Lord had put this gift in me, this unique talent of music. And just to be honest, I started having this feeling of I never knew how far it could go unless I started devoting more time to it. You know you have a raw talent, but this could be baseball, soccer, poetry, ballet, or music. And unless you really spend time with that craft and practicing and devoting time to it, it'll just remain a raw talent. So here I was. I was 29 years old. I'm 33 now. Just for you guys listening, you want to know, oh, how old was he when he released his first album? I'm too old to do this. I released my first album on my 30th birthday. So there is no time that's too old. There's no time that's too young. So we'll back up in time. I was still in my job. felt like, hey, there's this music thing. It's been chasing me for years. I've been writing music since I was 15 years old, but I've never really done anything like, hey, professionally. I I traveled around in the summers with, with bands and had been playing at church for years but had never branded Robbie Davis or said, hey, I'm, I'm now writing, composing, I'm putting out new music on albums, et cetera. So I took, took a leap, took a leap of faith, and knew that, hey, I've, I've got to be faithful to this. I've got to go after where my heart is taking me. So 
I ended that job and I had money and savings just for the practical side of things. People want to know, how could you quit your job and do this? I mean, I've got bills to pay. Well, I do too. But I've been saving some money. And so I had a little bit of a nest egg that I could work with. Dove right in and I thought, oh, great. I'm going to make an album. Pause. How do I do that? So I'd grown up around studios and had recorded a few things here and there, helping out some bands, um, playing piano or keys on it, but had never done anything in the world of solo, solo projects. Because let's look at it. Solo project means you are the artist, you are the composer, you're the performer, you are your manager, you are your record label, you are your PR. You are your HTML coder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hello, let's, yeah, let's begin to talk about that. So, oh my gosh. So I'm, I'm really glad, honestly, that I didn't stop and think, what all do I need to know before I start this? Because I think I would have been too scared to get forward with it. Had I thought I need to know how to create a website, because you know, I wasn't working with a huge budget there. Right. Just working to make things happen. So to bring it together, A Love So Divine has eight tracks, which I've been told is a quirky number of tracks. It's not quite an EP with four or five, but it's not quite a full-length album. I mean, that's what I had, so that's what I worked with. And actually recorded it at my house. This particular one, I did not go to a studio. It's almost like I didn't know any better. Looking back, I'm still not quite sure how I got the sound I did, because I've tried again, and I just can't quite get it in my own house. So, recorded at my house, found a friend of mine who is a designer, and she designed my album artwork and packaging. I found disc makers just through a Google search and said, oh, that makes CDs, great, let's contact them. I honestly was up late night searching, how do you get your music on iTunes? That was probably the exact phrasing I used. And it's wild to think that only four years later, I'm getting up early in the morning, reading articles about digital music news and different distributors, CD Baby, how much you can learn in four years is phenomenal. And I look forward to seeing what more I can learn over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But at the beginning, I knew nothing, literally nothing. I didn't even have friends that had put out solo albums. It was just me. But in the course of searching, I found, I found solopiano.com. I found that there were other people doing the same thing as me that weren't on major labels. I really didn't know it could be done on a smaller scale until I started looking around and searching. And was incredibly uh, inspired and encouraged seeing that, hey, if other folks can do it, I can do this too. I, th- I feel like so many people hesitate to start something because they don't know how to do it. Mm. When you look at it from the outside and you look at someone that has an album, you know, your first reaction is, I need to know somebody or I need mm-hmm. to, you know, someone's got to you know, do this, or I need a publicist, or I need an agent, or I need a manager, and you need to figure a lot of this stuff out on your own. It really just takes getting your nose down and doing the work. Anyone starting out in in any creative field, whether it's writing your first book, whether it's writing your first album, whatever it is, there's no magic quick way to go about it. It is taking these small steps and being, again, consistent. And let me, let me throw this in there. Let me interject with... Yeah. For those of you listening that have the fear of, quote, what if it's not good enough, end quote, what if I have this idea in my head and I don't feel like I can pull it off to the level that I want to pull it off? Let me back up and say we all started at the same place. Right. We all began 
at point zero. And I know coming out with my third album now, each time I feel like the level of execution gets better. Each time the production level gets a little bit higher. So don't get frozen in a place of fear that it won't be what you want. Do the absolute best you can. Get your friends involved. Get professionals involved if you have those resources. Make it the best you can with what you have at that time. And then build on that. Let that be your new floor to move forward. You are listening to solopiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. Visit us at www.solopiano.com. Robbie, can you share with us another song that comes to mind when you think about your new release, Blue Skies Ahead? Uh, yeah, there, there, there are a few on this album, but I think one that always comes to mind, track two on the album, and it's the title is Buena Vista, or... In Colorado, the town where I lived for a while, they call it Buena Vista, BV. So, it's in Spanish, translated, it means beautiful view. And, and this song for me, really the title has dual meaning. And I'll back up and kind of explain the song. Yeah, that'd be great. So the, song is in, the song is in two parts. And the second part of the song was actually, I wrote it as a song for a wedding. But the cool part is I didn't know whose wedding it was going to be for. So I wrote this about two years ago. And then last summer I got married and I had my dad, who was a very accomplished guitarist, play this song on guitar. And my wife, Andrea, walked down the aisle to the song. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's so great because really when I wrote it, I knew I was writing it for a wedding. And I truly, I didn't know that it was going to be in our wedding. One, to have that come together, and two, to have my dad play it on guitar was a real honor for, for us. And then when I went into the studio to record it, and I recorded the album with Joe Bongiorno out in Sedona at yeah. the Piano Haven, when I sat down to track it, again, this is a two-part song. There's an A part and a B part. So in song formula, it's A, B, A, B. Well, the B part is the heart of the song, and that's, that's what we used for the wedding. And it had a completely different A part written. And I started recording, and I may have gotten 30, 45 seconds in. And I was like, Joe, it's just not working. So we hit stop on the record. I said, give me, give me about five minutes. Let me just let me work through this. Because Matt, as you know, different pianos want to play different things. Right. It sounded great out here in South Carolina. It just wasn't coming through in Sedona. So I sat down for about five minutes and, and started working on a new A part and a melody started catching and I'm like, okay, I think I think we're on to something. And I worked around it and then I combined it with the B just for like twenty seconds. I'm like, that's it, Joe, hit record, let's run. And that became the finished Buena Vista. That's what is on the album now. So for the album overall, Blue Skies Ahead, for me, the meaning behind it is knowing 
no matter where you are right now, if you're going through a tough time, um, maybe somebody close to you has just passed away. Like I had, I had these thoughts as I was wrapping up the album. Just know that there's always hope ahead. There are always blue skies ahead. You could be in a, the darkest storm right now, but you have to continue to have hope and you have to continue to see the light, even if it's just a glimpse of blue sky cutting from the edge of the cloud. Know that that's where you are headed, and there truly are blue skies ahead. You know, I want to hit a chord with people out there that might be thinking of starting something or might be going through that fear or might be struggling with something. Um, You know, your story when you say, I was 30 when I started this album. I was 30 when I released my first album. That is an inspiring thing to hear. You know, as a young kid growing up, I always thought that in the music industry, if you didn't make it by the time you were 23 years old, that is over. Because I don't I have think a chance. About, you know, now how, how young Bieber was when he started, and then thinking, wasn't Jimi Hendrix like 27 when he died? There were several like well-known artists that were in their late 20s, and I'm thinking, I'm coming out with an album after they were already finished and done. And not only are you coming out with that album, but you also mentioned, you know, what's my journey going to be like in 10, 20, 30, 40 years? There's a lot of life ahead. And the great thing about piano playing, you know, it's not like basketball. Um, I never could dunk a basketball, but, um, (laughs) you know, you get to a certain age, you're not going to be able to dunk a basketball. Well, you know, I know people in their 90s that are still able to play piano just beautifully. And, you know, that's what's inspiring about this. That's what's so great about this craft is that it's with you for the rest of your life. So I completely agree with that. Thanks so much for not only telling us about your new album coming out, Blue Skies Ahead, available on iTunes, and also uh, your website, robbydavis.me. As you mentioned, you are frequently one of our featured artists on solopiano.com on our stream. You can hear Robbie on a variety of online streaming services. So get out there, listen to his music. Robbie, thank you so much for your time today and sharing, sharing stories about the music in your life. Matt, thank you so much. It has absolutely been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to SoloPiano.com's official podcast, Going Solo. I'm Matthew Mayer, and until next time, we'll see you at www.solopiano.com.